0: You're listening to the weekly podcast with Pastor Steve McCoy from 360 Church in Sarasota, Florida. We hope this message inspires you to press beyond ordinary. Well, we start a new journey, a new collection of conversations today, and that's called the Extra Mile. And the reason that we're starting this journey together is that when you look in the Bible, when you look through history, There's not a person that God used in an effective, powerful way that wasn't willing to go an extra mile. We know how difficult, to be honest uh, uh, with each other, we know how difficult it is sometimes to go the first mile, much less the, 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 the extra mile. There are some in the scriptures that went the extra mile. David went the extra mile. As we're going to see today, Paul went the extra mile. The disciples, most of them went the extra mile. There were some that weren't willing to go the extra mile, like a guy like Jonah. He did end up going the extra mile with a really bad attitude, so it doesn't count. (laughs) And so there are times that you see both sides of it. And we have that choice whether or not we're going to even go the first mile, just what is required, much less that extra mile. So I wanted to spend some weeks together encouraging one another, challenging one another to say life will have its greatest meaning if we go God's extra mile. Let me repeat that. Your life will have its greatest meaning if you don't hold on and say, I'm only going to go this one mile. It will have the greatest meaning. Jesus said it clearly. If you lose your life, you will find it. And it's such a paradox because our culture says, hold on to your life. Hold on to your stuff. You be the, you. be you." And so the, the gospel calls us to a much different life, to go to do hard things, to go. And in doing that, we find that there is great meaning. And so many people that, that discover that in life think, man why didn't I travel this extra mile earlier so i thought it would be good for us to spend some time doing that i remember it seems like 6 or 7 years ago i i gave my old life i exchanged my old life jimmy with christ uh, in the city of Boston, and uh, and someone said, "Man, you need to take your kids back to the front porch of the church where you you said yes to Jesus and and started that conversation." So we did. We went to we went to Boston. We took them there, and we were going to take that you know, like a historic you know tour downtown. It's fascinating. I lived there and never knew a lot about the city, and so we took the tour, and it, we weren't in, even not the first mile, the first block. They were sitting on the sidewalk, and like. How long are we going to be doing this? I'm like, we're in the first block. (laughs) When is this going to be over? Like, are we going to see another statue? (laughs) (laughs) So they're still there. We left them on the streets. I don't know. I'm not quite sure where they're at. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes, I don't know about you, but I feel that way in my own walk. Like, do I have to do this, God? Do I really have to go that? And we're not even completed the first block of the first mile. And so I think we know ourselves. We have to encourage one another. And so we're going to look today at the Apostle Paul because he was an extra miler. We're going to be landing. Some people like to bring their Bibles. I always encourage it in Acts chapter 19. Before we get there, let me frame it by 2 Timothy chapter 1. I love 2 Timothy because it's the very last thing that Paul wrote that we have, at least in our possession. He's writing to his young protege. You remember last time we talked about Timothy? He is the good soldier. Paul, Paul said, Be a good soldier, don't get entangled in the first mile. Don't get entangled in civilian affairs. Be a good soldier for Christ. That's going to require some investment, some challenge on your part. And he tells Timothy, for God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of holding back, of being afraid, because that extra mile often is much more an adventure than it is a retreat. It's much more dangerous, it's much more risky than it is holding back and playing it safe. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, that we can't do that extra mile without the power of Christ, of love. We won't go the extra mile unless we love people enough to do something, and of self-discipline, that means we have to throw some things off the boat in order to go that extra mile. You can't take everything with you. That's why Jesus' first words to the disciple, okay, let's drop those nets. You don't want to get entangled with those. You gotta be able to change gears. So do not be ashamed, Paul said, to testify about our Lord. Don't be ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join me in the extra mile. That was an invitation from Paul, and this is the invitation as we begin These conversations join together as a team, a community, a tribe, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's join together in the extra mile and suffering for the gospel by the power of God, not just by our own initiative. So we pick it up in Acts chapter 19. It's an interesting beginning to this chapter because we see that Paul has been traveling. He has gone many, many extra miles physically he has been shipwrecked he has gone he has traveled on foot he's probably traveled by horseback he's traveled many many extra miles from a physical point of view and when we reached uh, Acts chapter nineteen, and for those of you that may be unfamiliar with the Bible, Acts is the fifth book of the Bible after the storytellers of Jesus—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is the actions of the acts of the early church of those that were just launching this new enterprise we call the body of Christ, and as they launched. Paul became a figure that was a model for others. He said, not only the things you've learned and heard from me, but the things you've seen in me. So Paul is modeling for us what it means to go the extra mile. He's now coming into the city called Ephesus. We have a book in the Bible called the Ephesians. It's to the F, the, the, to, in the city of Ephesus Paul was writing to. Now look at the interesting description that Paul says, uh, that the Bible says here in Acts 19.1. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So that's like, okay, you know, that's one of those Bible verses you kind of kind of read over. Some, some of the versions of the Bible say that Paul took the high road. What this means, if you kind of dig down deep in the meaning, it's a military term. It's like when people hit an army, our military hits the beachhead, and then they infiltrate. That's what that means. We're going to go to the high, we're going to get off the shore, and we're going in because this was an uncommon way to travel. Paul did not take the common way to travel to Ephesus. We cannot take the common road that culture around us paves the way. If we take that, if we take that road, I live in a, in, a, in a cul-de-sac and a suburb. That has not been my mix, to be honest with you, for many years. I've lived in an urban setting, downtown settings, etc. So I had to adjust to cul-de-sac suburban living, but I have to fight that suburban cul-de-sac living doesn't adjust me, if I'm being honest. Now, there's nothing wrong with living in a suburb, but what I'm saying to us is the comfort and the clean-cut grass and the trim shrubs and all that can subconsciously begin to affect us to the point that we just love this first mile so much that we're not challenged. That's why Paul said, hey, join me, because, Life gets really stale if we just live that clean-cut mile. And that's what he's, he said. Come to the interior road. Fight through some jungle on this. So he comes to uh, Ephesus, and we see some, that it's not just about walking. It's not about shipwreck, but it's also about sharing the gospel. Watch Acts chapter 19, go down to verse 8. Paul entered the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, arguing persuasively about the kingdom. Now, on this journey of the extra mile, we're going to be saying, we're going to be looking at different ways to travel the extra mile. The extra mile in forgiveness. The extra mile in patience. Now, for those of you with kids, we'll go two extra miles of patience. (laughs) the extra mile in loving one another, the extra mile in investment, the extra mile in giving back to God. There are many places where God calls us so that we just don't stay in this conceptual, you know, being inspired and encouraged mode. But we really want to say, what does it mean practically? Today we're going to be looking at why would we even be talking about this before we get to that practicality. I'll propose to you this, that the extra mile... You have two choices, we all do, to reject it or to go for it, but it cannot be bypassed. What I mean by that is that often we want the results of that rugged life. We want the. we want you know, when Jesus will lose your life and you'll find it, we want to find it without losing. We want to follow Christ without dropping our nets. But the challenge for us is to go to that extra mile, we either reject it, like, no, I'm not going to do it. God gives us the free choice to do that. Or we're going to say, I'm all in. I'm going to go there. But we cannot experience the end of the extra mile without going through the extra mile. Does that make sense? So why in the world would we do it? Here's the first reason why we go to the extra mile. I promise you, you check it out in the Bible. You check it out in your own life. You will see the greatest miracles when you're willing to go the extra mile. Yes. You'll see the greatest movement of God. If we play it safe, when we play it safe in our lives, for me, I don't know about you, I see less of God. When we put ourselves, when we, our toes are touching the Red Sea before God splits it, when we are willing, like the Macedonians, to give until we feel it, where it's not just we're giving out of convenience, out of the wealth that so many of us have here in the United States, but when we give to the point that it forces us to like, wow, I'm feeling this right now, that's when we see God move the most. I'll never forget when we planted this church. My wife and I literally didn't have two pennies to rub together, and we saw God move in so many different ways. We'd open up the door, and like George Mueller and his orphanage, there, was, there were groceries sitting at our front door. And we saw God move over and over and over like that, and then we found ourselves more comfortable. We find ourselves, man, we, we uh, are just, uh, we're not seeing it. And that's why when we go that extra mile, watch this, Acts chapter 19, verse 11. In the same chapter where where Paul has gone a lot of extra miles, look at this statement. God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. And he did extraordinary miracles through Paul because he was willing to go that extra mile. If you want to sense God's movement in your life, you have to say, God, I'm in. I'm taking the first step on, on, on and doing hard things. You remember the disciples when, when uh, Peter, his first introduction to Jesus. He had been fishing all night. He had, that was his profession. And he was tired. He had literally stayed up all night. Dawn was breaking and he had been out there and he probably just sweaty probably didn't smell great he'd been you know disappointed if you've ever been with somebody that really takes you know fishing seriously and they're not catching anything you know it is not a good day this was different for peter it was his bread and butter it was his it was his work he wasn't getting any fish he wasn't getting any money it probably was humiliating for him to come in to, and dock the boat and the rest of the guys say, hey, how was the catch last night, Peter? I didn't get anything. What? Are you a rookie? You didn't get anything? You don't have the fish app? You, are, you know, the fish finding app? I've been guys that have the fish finding app. Have you ever been with the guys that have the fish finding app? It feels like cheating to me, but I don't care. But I, I'll, I'll cheat when it comes to fishing. <laughs> Jesus comes up on the shore. He's speaking. And then he says to Peter, who's still out in the boat, put out into deep water. Why don't you go the extra mile? Maybe your boat is too shallow water. And after working so hard, throwing that net, bringing the net, throwing the net, bringing the net, throwing the net, bringing the net all night long, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours, throwing the net, nothing, disappointment, throwing on disappointment, throwing it. Hey, why don't you do it again? In fact, why don't you row out to a deeper level of water and throw it out, and you were like, come on, man. And Peter said, of course he would. He put, put out in deep, let the, the, down the nets for a catch. And Simon Peter said, Master, we worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. Why would we do the extra mile? But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Sometimes the extra mile makes no sense at all. And by our logic, we don't take that first step on the, on the extra mile. God is not always logical. Have you ever noticed? Hey, Abraham, I know you're on Medicare. I know you're retired, but let's have a baby. <laughs> it makes no sense at all. Hey, Pete, why don't you come out on the water during the storm and walk on over here on top of the H2O? It makes no sense at all. Hey, Thomas, why don't you touch my hand where the scars were? I'm back from the dead. Makes no sense at all. Praise the Lord. See, where God steps in to the extra mile, we'll miss it if we say, yeah, but we worked all night. Peter threw that net over. Most of you know the story. The nets were breaking. And, that, and if you read the rest of the story, they called some friends over because they hadn't caught anything all night either. And they put the fish in their friend's boat and their boat started sinking. <laughs> God is not a cheapskate on the extra mile. He calls us. And man, one of the challenges is like, let's not miss the power and the miracle of God in, this, in, the, in these places. Just it's powerful. Here's the second thing I would say. First of all, when we go to the extra mile, we get to see the miracles. The, secondly, if we go to the extra mile, we get to test our resolve. We get to test our resolve. Resolve is worth nothing unless it's tested. Amen. In other words, if we think, man, just like Peter, oh, I, I would never deny you until it was tested. And then he found out. I would never be inconsistent with you, God, until I got a promotion at work and I started working more hours and more hours. I would never stop worshiping you in the early morning until I had children and I had to clean and wipe diapers, and you know, uh, I forget what you do with diapers. It's been too long for me. <laughs> Things creep in to our mile, and then our resolve is no longer tested. We have to constantly put ourselves in that place because we want to say, God, I have a resolve for you, and I want it to be tested. Sometimes that testing comes from outside, sometimes it comes from inside. Okay. Watch this. Paul began to preach the gospel. And there was a guy in the city in Ephesus. His name was Demetrius. Now Demetrius made his living by selling little religious relics. He was a silversmith. Well, when Paul came along and said, Hey, you don't need that stuff anymore, guess what? Business was going down the tubes. So, Paul, with the PTL, praise the Lord, was affecting the PNL for this guy. Hey, write that down. That just came to me. That was good. <laughs> In other words, the religion started being affected and the business started being affected. And so Demetrius began to spread the word all over the city. Man, this guy's nutcase. He's he's preaching something that's not right, and literally there was a riot in this theater. There's a riot. Paul Paul said, "Hey, I man uh, in Acts chapter 19. About that time there arose a great disturbance about the way. Sometimes we shake things up." on the outside in our culture if we're willing to go the extra mile. Sometimes the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't come with a welcome mat. Sometimes when we're living for Christ, it's not always readily accepted. Those are the moments that we get to say, God, I am all in. We can't say that, and I, hey, I just said how much I love church. It me, doesn't mean anything when we're sitting in a room full of Christians. That, man, I'm all in. It's, the resolve is going to be tested out there when we say, God, I'm all in. When life circumstances come, man, my faith is strong. Until I was texting somebody early this morning, their cancer is much worse than they thought. It's a test, a resolve. I wrote, to, I texted him these words, Emmanuel, God is with us. That is the test of our resolve. This is the test of your resolve right now. Listen, we need that. We need that. If you lift weights, you just can't do it with the resistance of five pounds. You have to move up like me to six pounds. I really <laughs> press it hard. But here's the deal, sometimes the greater resistance comes from within. What do I mean by that, respectfully? Paul wanted to jump in to the riot. Why? Because he trusted God. He said, let me add it. Let me, let me get it. Give me a mic. And you know, let me, let me just, there, there's a big disturbance about the way. Great. Let's talk about the way. In Acts chapter nine, verse 30, Paul wanted to appear before the crowd, but the disciples wouldn't let him. I know they were trying to protect him, but there's a lot of people that want to protect us from the danger of the extra mile. And we'll miss the miracles, but we'll miss the resolve. Even some of the officials of the province, friends of Paul, sent him a message begging him not to venture. That look at that word, not to venture. Don't, no, this is too much of an adventure. Let's, what do we do? Let's just, let's wear slippers. We can't put combat boots on to venture into the theater. Cutting corners is contagious. Cutting corners is contagious. So, this past week, literally, I was reading this story, it was crazy. There was a marathon, which is 26.2 miles. This is a marathon in uh, Mexico City, and literally, there were 11,000 disqualified because they found a way to catch a cab, (laughs) rent a little motor scooter, Wow. And cut corners. (laughs) Now, if that's, see, you think, well, that's the stunning part of the story. It's the 11,000 that's part of the story. (laughs) Because listen, if Bob's gonna cut corners, I'm gonna cut corners. If Bob's not gonna go the extra mile, I'm not gonna go the extra mile. Cutting corners is contagious. So we have to say, Hey, as for me and my family, we are going the extra mile. And you have to have that resolve because respectfully, I'm, and I, I really, I'm, I say these things to spur us on, maybe to even agitate you a little bit. We have to be careful of each other because in the American church culture, we have become so relaxed that it's the way it's we've normalized relaxation. We've normalized attractional churches. We've normalized that. And I love the church, but I love it so much that I'll get a little agitated about, hey, God has called us to the extra mile, no doubt. Amen. Amen. Don't make me angry. (laughs) (laughs) Again, sitting with people that are sacrificing. And if you can't sit with them, read about them. I've said many times, many over many years, read the Bible, read about missionaries in the 1800s, and rub shoulders with some people that are that are really pouring it out because that too is contagious. Amen. Yes. I saw this this um, image. I just wanted to share with you. It says, "Oh, sorry, I <laughs> didn't go too well on that screen." <laughs> It says, sit with warriors. Conversation. The conversation is different. And I've said, here's the third thing, final thing I want to just bring to you. We, look, some of the reason that we don't go an extra mile sometimes is because it's unpredictable, right? We don't know, <laughs> um, hey, Abraham, go, leave, go the extra mile and I'll show you along the way As again, I heard Tony Evans' son say a lot, that was a go and show. We like a show and go. Show me and I'll go. Like God's like, no, no, no. this is a trust factor. You go and I'll show you. It's it's a little bit unpredictable. This was true with Moses. Hey, I'll be with you. I know this is going to be scary. I'll, I'll be with you. Gideon, we just need 300. That's all I know. Watch, you just watch me. You trust me. Here's the third point I think is important. Our trust in God will become more desperate if we go the extra mile. When when we put ourselves in that position of something unpredictable, unpredictability causes our trust to rise, would you agree? Acts chapter 20, watch this. Paul says in the very next chapter, he says, and now, he was headed to Rome, And people around him said, don't do it. And now, compelled by the Spirit, not by my ambition, compelled by the Spirit, I'm gonna go to Jerusalem, ultimately he's going to Rome, not knowing what will happen to me there. Unpredictability. Unpredictability. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Think about that. Hey, is there like a travel brochure with that? Is it? <laughs> Before COVID struck, I felt this urging. I felt this urging, and of course, none of us knew COVID was happening. This urging: go, 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 go. We were out of the country almost every month, go, go, not understanding that God was planting footprints around the world with disciple making. I will share with you, with no scintillating factor here, that that urgency has arisen again. Now, I don't know what that means. And it may not mean nothing. It may mean I have indigestion. I have no idea. So I'm not, you know, making a prophecy or anything like that. I'm just saying that when you feel compelled by the Spirit, obey. It's that simple. Here's the ultimate why as we end today. Same verse, just a little added to it. Acts chapter 20, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. Not knowing what will happen to me there, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardship are facing me. Here's why Paul went to the extra mile. However, <laughs> that was a key. <laughs> Man, I know it's going to be brutal. However, I know it's unpredictable. However, it's the however that unlocks the door to the extra mile. However, I consider my life worth nothing if I may only finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus had given to me. Every single person in this room is connected and directly aligned with Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, which says that you are God's masterpiece, his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. In which he has prepared in advance beforehand that you should walk in them. In other words, when, he's, when we say, hey, God's got a plan for your life. Oh, no. God's got a blueprint for your life. Yes. We can say, I'm going to walk in it or I'm not going to walk in it, but we can't bypass it. We can't get to the end and the end result and say to Christ when we look him in the eye, I did everything you wanted to and bypass the extra mile. Every single person I believe sitting here that's a Christ follower, every single person who's a Christ follower who's tuned in today would say, I want to look Christ in the eyes at the time when I, I face him and say, I accomplish what you set out for me to accomplish. And everything else is under that. My job, my life, my health, my pain, my suffering, everything is under that. If our mindset is, I want to accomplish what you want me to accomplish, and that is the big however that should be the banner over our lives. We won't worry. We won't wring our hands. We won't lay awake at night. We will say, whatever you're asking me to do. Because even Jesus said this on John chapter 17, verse 4. He said, I have brought you glory on earth. Why? By completing the work that you gave me to do. The Father gave Jesus a different assignment than he gave Steve, than he gave Chip, than he gave Brian, than he gave Mark, than he gave Sally. But what has God given you to do? And I promise you, it will require you to walk the extra mile if we are going to give God the glory on earth by accomplishing his will. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you so much for the invitation to the interior road. A road less traveled, a road that's unpredictable, but a road that we will see more miracles and we will trust you in a more desperate way. So, Father, would you move us, inspire us, challenge us, change us if necessary to have the banner of however written over our lives. This could happen, this might happen. However, I only want to finish the race and accomplish what you've assigned me to do. Would that be your prayer today, Christ follower, brother, sister in Christ? Is God challenging you, at least in this moment, to say to him, if this is where you're at, God, I'm playing the first mile. I'm living in the first mile. I wanna go the extra mile and you have my heart as we begin this journey as a community, as a tribe, as a church family together, you have my attention. That's all sometimes he's looking for. Look at me, he'll say, look at me, look me in the eyes. I have an extra mile, especially designed for you to accomplish my will on earth. Row out in deeper water and throw that net out, and I'll bust it wide open. God wants to show himself to us so badly. We can reject the extra mile, we can walk the extra mile, but we cannot bypass it. Father, would you remind us of these things? Now, we've seen life change here today, the evidence of life change in those who are nine and those who are adults. And it just reminds us, God, of our need for those that have tuned in, for those sitting here. They may be saying, man, I, I haven't I'm, I'm ready to take the, the, the first step on the first mile to intersect with Christ, to have this relationship. And if that's you, God's moving in your life. It's not just an idea that popped into your head. The Bible says that Christ draws us in a way that's mysterious. It's hard to wrap our head around. God reveals himself to us. That's why we desire him. So if God is drawing you and you detect that he's drawing you today, I invite you to accept his invitation, which is this, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes, and that includes you, that means trust in him, depend on him, who believes on him, will have everlasting life and will not perish. If that is striking your heart, if that is resonating in you, it is God drawing you. You see, Christ died on that cross, not as some religious symbol, but he was the only lamb of God who poured out his perfect blood, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god it's the only way to be right with god not by coming to a church building not by coming to a, a synagogue a mosque a temple not because not saying some ritual it's really exchanging your old life for christ's new one is that where you're at well listen if it is that speak to him from your heart right now and transfer your trust because you're trusting in something. Trusting in good behavior, trusting in religion, trusting that you're better than other bad people and all that. we just conjure up those things in our minds But you're trusting in something. God calls you to trust in his son, Christ, Jesus right now. God, I trust in him alone. I come to you, I'm a sinner, I'm broken, and I need forgiveness, and I trust in Christ alone. And I want to exchange my old life, God, for your new one. I'm turning 180 degrees in my mind. I want you in my life. Is that your prayer? Speak to him on that. I want you in my life. And I'm asking God that you'll breathe new life in me. I want to be born a second time in Christ Is that your prayer between you and God? Thank you so much, Father, that Jesus, our model, walked the extra mile for us. We can't even imagine where we'd be today had He not. So help us to follow that model as we begin this journey. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. And special thanks for those of you who give generously to make this ministry possible. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can also subscribe or share it with your friends. For more information about 360 Church, visit us at the360church.com.